Hi everyone, you're listening to Humanize Your Workplace with Alyssa Carpenter, where we chat about all things, well, human. On each of these bite-sized episodes, I'll give you something new to try to become more self-aware, help you build better work relationships, or just try to get you through a sticky work situation. It all starts with an open mind and a conversation. and welcome to this week's episode of Humanize Your Workplace. Today, we're joined by Berta Mendina. She's an internal optimist who believes in the power of generosity and is passionate about sharing her message that dreamers truly succeed. After years of building, operating, and growing her own successful business, she's taken her experience and love for philanthropy to travel to Africa on a harrowing climb to Mount Kilimanjaro's peak as part of a mission trip to change the world from aside children. Since she reached the peak at 19,341 feet, she has re-envisioned the importance of goals and the power of generosity. Now Berta helps businesses and individuals connect genuinely, give generously, and reach a level of success and fulfillment that means more to her clients than just the bottom line. Berta is a keynote speaker, professional certified coach with the International Coaching Federation, author, a certified go-giver speaker, thrive through accountability expert, and host of the Dreamer Succeed podcast. As the founder of Dreamer Succeed, Berta believes that once the seed of a dream has been planted in a person's heart, they already possess all they need in order to achieve it. Her passion is to bring people to fulfill their dreams, and her workshops and keynotes help audiences realize their goals, find new paths to fulfillment, and motivate those who need a push to get their personal and professional lives moving toward a bright future. Hi, Berta. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi. So happy to be here, Alyssa. I'm excited. Can you do me a favor and just share with our audience a little bit about your career and what you're working on right now? Sure. Absolutely. I am a uh, professional certified coach, love every minute of what I do, can't believe still that I get to do that for a living. I began coaching after a 28-year career in uh, the corporate world, uh, sort of jumped off head first, figured I'd grow my wings on the way down. And I focus now on adventure and success coaching. I uh, work a lot with, with entrepreneurs and organizations around accountability and really breaking through that that growth gate that some people have and when they get into that stuck mode. And uh, one of the projects that I'm working on, I have a few projects going for 2021. And uh, one of the ones I'm most excited about is a, a coaching program that I'm launching called Focus Forward. It's a, really a culmination of six years worth of research in what it is that keeps people from accomplishing their goals and achieving their dreams and reaching their level of success, whatever that means to each person. So it really, I found, comes down to an inability to follow through, which is just plaguing our society. And it has been for a long time, as we all know, and I'm sure you know, uh, being in your field. So I believe that everyone has the ability to achieve their goals and dreams. Uh, they just don't have the stick to to follow through, uh, even on the best laid plans. And that's where focus forward comes in. So I'm super excited about That's launching awesome. that. Uh, we're going to launch it in January. And I, I, I really anticipate that it's going to be a great catalyst for a lot of people to really finish what they start. Oh, I love it. And it's, it's so funny. I want to 
bring up one of the things that you mentioned just about kind of stick to itness and, and thinking about it because I've noticed too sometimes people have these goals that they in theory want to achieve but it mm -hmm. almost seems like they don't have you noticed that too of you kind of setting a goal you're nervous if you make it if I don't know if you don't or if you do what can happen like I've just seen yeah. this I don't know, like something going forward, people say that they want something, but in reality, it almost seems like they don't. Yeah, it's 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 a it's funny, Alyssa, because I think that and uh, in, in a lot of the research that I've done, what I found is that our brains are not high hardwired really to follow through. The brain is hardwired to survival and what do you want now and and being present and living in the now. So it's really easy for us to get up and and I'm. I'm describing it and I'm working on a book um, for 2021 that's called uh, The Cure for the Serial Passionista. So, so the thing is that we're, it's very easy for us to get excited about ideas. Mm -hmm. The thing is that once we have to put the action behind the intention, that's where a lot of us fall short. But you're right. It, it, yeah. It's rampant. I mean, it, it just happens. It's just so much easier to live in the clouds, right? <laughs> it's so oh much easier to, so much. to think so big picture fun. and not do anything. <laughs> So much more fun. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, absolutely. And I'm curious too, when you're talking about goals, stick to itness, and thinking forward, is there a time frame in terms of you should think big for five years, 10 years, three months? Is there something that you found in your research, like what sticks more? Uh, yeah, I think everyone, obviously anything that is more urgent, anything that you can, that you can do in, in, a three month period. I think three months is, is the biggest thing. Three months, break it up into three, six and nine months, then the year, then you look into the, the bigger picture things like the three and five year plans. But I think there always needs to be something that is continuously moving the needle. And I like breaking things up by quarter. And I think that that really is, you know, everybody can wrap their head around mm -hmm. something that they can accomplish in the next three months. Because once you start seeing that pattern of accomplishment and achievement, it just sort of builds on itself and everything I, becomes possible. Yeah. I love that. And I feel the same in terms of the, the 90 day goals, like the new year's resolution. I feel like you lose focus. <laughs> it seems it. so long. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I want to dig more into accountability and the importance of, of accountability. And if you could just describe for us what accountability is and what it looks like, and even things that we might want to be held accountable for and even thinking about work or entrepreneurs and our businesses? Mm -hmm. That's a, a great question. You know, accountability is my sort of uh, my sweet spot because it's what I love doing most. Um, you know, my clients call me the accountability bitch, but that's besides the point. <laughs> uh, but the way that I see accountability, it really comes down to taking ownership and responsibility for every aspect of our life. And I'm a firm believer in that how you do anything is how you do everything. And that's why I throw in every aspect of your life, not just for work. We're going to, we're going to be as accountable to ourselves as we are, as we can be at work and personal and relationships and everything else. But, but it does, it, we do start to create these patterns. So it's really having that answerability, having the expectation of, of giving account to an accountability partner, to a coach, um, and really above everything else to yourself. So uh, I think accountability really is a choice that you make when you decide to get into and stay in achievement mode. I think you it's, it's really difficult to 
to really stay in achievement mode if you're not holding yourself accountable. And, uh, and as far as work is concerned, I think, and, and I know, Alyssa, you work with a lot of great organizations and you probably see this all the time, especially in the type of work that you, that you do. There really are, I mean, a myriad of things that we can hold ourselves accountable or we can hold our employees, teams can hold uh, their, 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 you know, the people that they work with accountable for or the organizations as a whole. But it really comes down to setting very clear expectations. And I think in, in the work that I've done with, all, with organizations, that's usually where, yeah, they want to have these great accountability parameters, but they don't have the expectations clearly set in stone from the beginning. So when you have the, the clear goals, the clear expectations, um, everyone in the team uh, is able to set the accountability parameters if you involve them in letting them set those accountability parameters, they take ownership ownership of it. They're much more likely to stick to it because they had a sort of a say in making the rules. And of course, yeah. making them measurable. You know, once you do that, everything sort of takes care of itself. What I say. No, I. It was so interesting what you said kind of earlier on when you were answering this question, because I never thought about it in the way that accountability really is a choice. You can choose to hold yourself accountable. You can choose to hold others accountable or get an accountability partner. It's a, it's something that you are proactively doing and making the decision for. And I never thought about it kind of coming from that lens. And it's mm -hmm. really true too, in terms of setting the expectations with, with your team and, and how are we gonna hold each other accountable and what's that gonna look like? And I'm curious, even as you're going through that and you're trying to set those parameters and you're trying to set expectations, are there questions or specific conversations you should be having? And what do those look like to even set up a culture where people can hold each other accountable. Cause I think it's difficult if, cause again, it's a choice. If we haven't set that up and then just to assume that somebody is going to call somebody out for not doing something and how are they gonna do it? Are there questions that we can ask one another and ask ourselves as we're trying to work through accountability? Yeah, and I think that that's a great question, Alyssa. And I think that's probably one of the most important things that, that we as individuals and organizations are not doing you know we're not we're not really coaching into the accountability right and asking those powerful questions and a, a, a really great question is listen is everybody on the same page do does everybody know what we are trying to do here does everybody know what we are trying to do as an organization and you would be you may not be surprised because you you speak to organizations a lot, but I think the average person might be surprised to learn that sometimes in organizations is doing well enough, um, but not a lot of people have a very clear understanding of what that is. So, so a lot of the things are, and one of the biggest questions is, how does your organization communicate? You know, is that commitment to communication and effective communication part of the culture? I mean, is that part of what we are, even if you have to invest in training uh, in order to achieve that, is that part of the culture and part of the expectation? Um, again, you mentioned, you know, setting very clear expectations, but another, another thing that I think that really plays into that, and, and the question is, 
is to ask people, you know, individual, uh, individually or as, as a department or as a team, you know, if they understand really what the most important parts or elements of that organization are. And I'm talking about from a cultural perspective. I'm not talking about how sales, you know, operate and operations communicate together. I'm talking about as a culture. And, and one of the best examples that I have of that, and I was working with an organization for, for a year, and we wanted to make sure that, that the leadership, you know, I mean, the, the owners are big visionaries. They have their, their ideas and what they wanted to do in mind. And we brought in the leadership to work on tweaking that mission and that vision, just to make sure that it's mm -hmm. the same mission, same vision, but that the leadership of the organization takes an ownership in in how they're going to how how their roles affect that and then taking it a step further and making sure that everyone on the team is that that is conveyed to everyone on the team you know i and and the best example i could give them was listen you can teach everyone to row and you can mm -hmm. teach them to row well uh, you can have the best rowboat ever built but unless everyone is rowing in the same direction you're never going to get anywhere so I think those are the, the top three, probably questions that I would ask making sure, you know, do we know, do, are we communicating effectively? You know, do we know where we're going for all intents and purposes? And do you know what role you play in, in getting there? Oh, I love it. And it's so important too, because even talking about from a performance management perspective, mm -hmm. if you wanted to say, you know, somebody is not doing their work or they're not answering my emails quickly or they're not living up to this mission or vision, it's hard to bring them up from that performance management perspective because they don't know what they're supposed to be doing. You Absolutely. can't answer, right? To what do you mean I'm not doing my work? It's, well, you didn't do what, you know, you have to lay that foundation for people to know what the expectations are because it's gonna be difficult, if not impossible to have conversations to even continue to hold people accountable because they don't know what they're yeah. supposed to be doing. Absolutely. They might be, they might be thinking they're doing the best job in the world yep. and, and the ownership or the leadership might be thinking, you know, we're going to have to replace this person. So it yeah. really is. And I think that's, and listen, that, that, that's, that's the same for work relationships, for businesses, for relation, you know, personal relationships, for the way we are with our children, the way we are with our spouses. It really is is uh, sometimes there's just a, a, a slight uh, miscommunication or some message that is not getting across and the expectations were never set or never clear. Oh, that's so, so spot on. Because yeah. I'm, what would make, and this is maybe a strange question, but I'm curious what would make a good accountability partner? What would that look like? Or, you know, obviously you being in this space and this is what you're, what yeah. you're doing, how, how do you do it? Or what does that look like to know how you found your, your person is going to bring it yeah, out of you? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a, a really important question, Alyssa. And I think for, for most people, they, 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 they start to look for someone who, who might, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, who might have like tendencies or who might be on the same. And you really try to, you try to find someone who can hold you accountable just one level up, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Okay, so so a lot of times, and the best accountability partnerships are going to be where you both have similar goals, similar aspirations, 
uh, doesn't have to be in the same thing, but at least the level of where you want to achieve um, so that you can hold each other accountable. And I think that's, that's extremely important. You want to be, you want to have someone who can challenge you, someone who is not gonna, is not gonna be afraid that, you know, to be mean when they have to be mm -hmm. mean. And I say mean, you know, in the nicest way, uh, someone who's not gonna be afraid of calling you out on your crap, yeah. you know, because, uh, they'll, they'll celebrate with you. They will, they will cheerlead you. Uh, they will champion you, but they really need to be, it needs to be someone that is comfortable really holding you to the fire. And when and you mean someone one that you're not going to mind. Oh, that's true. And when you mean level up, do you mean in an organization level up or somebody who's had more experience? Can you clarify that for me? Yeah, I, th I think, I think when it's, if it's in, if it's in the organizational, uh, and, and a lot of great organizations have the mentorship programs, uh, it's it, with a mentor, they're mm -hmm. really going to hold you accountable, you know, a coach, a mentor, uh, even getting in a mastermind group. Uh, with an organization, obviously, you know, a lot of times the mentorship is not going to come from your direct supervisor, but maybe from whoever is a level above that direct supervisor, because their, their skin in the game is going to be different. They're going to be a little more objective than your direct supervisor. Not that, not that a direct supervisor can't be a good, a good mentor, obviously, but, but that's usually the, what I recommend. Um, another thing to look out for, if it's, if you're just a solopreneur or an entrepreneur and you're looking for somebody to, to really be able to keep you accountable is somebody who is either on the same path as you, the same level of achievement, high achievement, uh, willing to go there, uh, willing to do whatever it takes, willing to get uncomfortable. That's another, another yeah. big one, or someone who is already at that level where you want to be. And, and again, the accountability partnership has to be both ways if it's mm -hmm. actually accountable, accountability instead of just a mentorship. So there has to be something that you're willing to bring to the table for that person. I and love again, it. And I can also it, see it. Yeah. yeah. And I can see it too, it's almost a reciprocal relationship, depending on where, where you are. Um, you, you hold me accountable and I hold you accountable for similar, you know, for similar styles in those conversations. So I think- right. I mean, that's important because I think oftentimes when you think about, okay, one accountability partner, you need to make sure it's somebody that's going to work with you, you know, somebody that you mesh with. And if they call you out, you understand where they're coming from and why they're doing it in terms of having your best interest in mind. Exactly. Respect, love, uh, mutual admiration, uh, all those things are important. I'll give you a perfect example, Alyssa. We had, and when I do workshops and seminars, I always tell people, you know, the, the, the actual learning starts the minute that we leave. I say the mm -hmm. workshop starts, start, starts when we finish. And what I always do is depending on the type of workshop or seminar that I'm doing, I'll create a mini mastermind from the participants. Okay. And we'll, depending on what it is, we'll stay together for, you know, three weeks, six weeks, 12 weeks, whatever it is. And it's all you know, I never, I never talk about it before and I don't charge like on an upsell or anything. It's just part of the program because I believe that anything that we're doing as far as training requires from us a commitment to the sustainability of what the learning was. You know, how many times yeah. have you, because uh, I know it's happened to me. We go to a workshop, we yep. attend the seminar, we're maybe at a weekend, we get a great binder, we stick it in the box with all the other binders and we never open it again. Right. 
So, so I like for them to have sort of a reason to keep the learning going until it sort of sticks. So I'll, I'll give you the perfect example. We did a, I did it with a fellow coach friend of mine. Uh, we called it a procrastination, a procrastination slayer lab. And we did this probably four years ago. And uh, we had a group of people come in and one of the gentlemen that was there, his name is Rob. Uh, neither of us knew him. He just, you know, found us on, on Eventbrite or something came in. It was a great, and I did what I typically do. Okay. The work starts now, as soon as we end. So we put together because of the nature of the type of work that we were doing, it was a six month mastermind. So I think it was, it was 12 people that were in this mastermind and we stuck together. You know, we had a sliding scale. It was first, we started weekly. Then we went to bi-monthly until everybody, you know, the six months Mm -hmm. were over. And um, when the six months were over, Rob, Rob and I had really hit it off. And he said, listen, I would love for us to create an accountability partnership. Now he's also a coach. He was also looking to expand his business. He was looking for, you know, had the same sort of mentality from a very generous perspective, uh, always looking to serve. He wasn't really, he was in it for the right reasons. And we kept this accountability partnership and it's been three and a half years. And we talk every Monday at five and we have a Trello board that we keep together to make sure we're keeping ourselves accountable. And I can't tell you the amount of growth that we have participated in, in each other's, in each other's journeys. Um, And it's a, it's been a beautiful journey. And, And all we did was got into this accountability partnership just because we, we saw the benefits of it. So it's really, really interesting how, how that, that can make a difference in, in, um, in something, like I said, and, and even a, a mastermind, the masterminds are great. I want to unpack that for a minute because there's so many kind of light bulb moments going off in my head. And I, and I think the accountability piece after workshops, trainings, meetings, anything, right? You're excited, you're jazzed about it, you want to get started, and then it gets, you know, something else comes up and that gets pushed to the side, or you have a meeting and people leave with like, why was I in there for an hour? Like having these consistent systems in place where you're working together as a team, you know, you're setting these goals and every Monday, this is where we are, this is what we need, this is what it looks like, and having those conversations. And I think it's wonderful that you not only spawn this friendship and this accountability partner from it, mm-hmm. but then you're also creating these systems and checkpoints for yourself and for him for using technology like Trello. And I've seen people use Google mm-hmm. Docs or Slack or something where like they see it, right? They're on their end and they're like, you can't BS them because <laughs> it's right, right there. Um, so, right. And I've had um, some of my clients almost do like a red light, green light, yellow light situation where at the beginning of the week, this is what I did. This is where I'm struggling with and might need your help. And then this is what I didn't get to. So having that. these visuals, I think makes it even more real. So I think that's mm-hmm. so cool that you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, and I'm very detailed about the metrics, right? So I, you know, I'll take whatever goal and what, you know, and every goal, I always tell people, if you have a goal without a date next to it, it's a wish and, you know, good luck with that. Um, so, so I'm, I'm, I'll set that goal and I'll reverse engineer the metrics. And, and sometimes I'm tracking, you know, dozens of metrics in, in any given, in any given year and I'll set them and then I'll tweak them as I have to. Um, but you know, the numbers never lie, Alyssa. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and you know what, 
with everybody that I'm in an accountability partnership with, because even if they hire me as an accountability coach, um, I play mm-hmm. and I, and I make sure that I'm, that they know that we're in this partnership together. So I stick to my metrics and I'm doing it anyway. Um, and it really just helps when they know that, that I'm accountable to them as much as they're accountable to me. And, and I, and, yeah, that's, yeah. I just get all these kind of light bulb moments because I'm thinking, you know, I've had, I don't think it's truly a goal. If you haven't written it down, if it's something in your head, it's just this thought you know, of something right, that you want right? to do. Absolutely. And I think it's so crucial if there's something that's a thought and you're too afraid to write it down or something you're thinking of as a goal and maybe you write it down and you just, it just keeps on the same piece of paper, almost mm-hmm. questioning yourself. Like, do you want this? You know, is this something that you really want if you're not willing to work for it? Right. I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, thank you so much. This was just, I, I learned a lot um, just from our conversation. And I just have two kind of final questions. One sure. being, if we have a goal, there's something that we want to accomplish and we're thinking about it. Um, what is the first step that we can take to kind of make this a reality and start our accountability process? Well, I think you, you, you mentioned it, you know, really write it down and see what it would take to accomplish that goal. Uh, you know, and I, and I tell people, sometimes it's that simple as, listen, I want to make, you know, $200,000 this year. Okay. So what does that mean? How much do you have to make every month? And then how much do you have to make every week and really break it down? You know how they say, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Mm -hmm. And once you take this big goal and you start breaking it down, it becomes very possible. You start to, to really say, you know what, this is, I, I can do that. And you take that, that smallest step. And I think the, the, the most important thing that you can do is just start, you know, that, that yeah. whole concept of the five second rule, you know, with Mel Robbins is just take that first step. And once you take that first step, you're going to be willing to take the next step. And, and I'm, I'm big on keeping calendars and writing things down. I know that not everybody's brain works like that, but there is, there is a mechanism. There's an app for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. As we say. And a lot of times it's just, I, I dare people to create the plan because just in taking that step of creating the plan, it's going to, it's going to trigger an excitement yeah. that is going to be a great catalyst for what comes next. That's awesome. And then, cause even talking about accountability, you mentioned people and then the app, but there are like even like setting things in your calendar, doing alarms, things like that can yeah, help absolutely. set an alarm or something on your calendar to set your goals. I think is. Yes. It's yes. huge. Absolutely. Oh, awesome. and, and what I do, and I, and I'm a firm believer in the power of accountability when it comes to social media, put it out there. I, I tell people <laughs> just, if you really, if you really are serious about that intention of, of making sure that you want to do it, I dare you to put it out there oh, I love because it. <laughs> that's going to do something. When I, I did a, a climb uh, on a mission trip six years ago. And, and I was in no shape to climb this mountain. I had never climbed the mountain before born and raised in Miami. We don't have mountains here. And, and, but I talked about it for nine months on social media and, and on day we were on the mountain for seven days. And on day four, I thought I was going to (laughs) die because, you know, I'm 47 years old, postmenopausal grandma, never climbed the mountain. There's no oxygen there. I just, I was not even with as much as I trained and walked and whatever. Um, I wasn't ready. 
And I kept saying, man, I'd rather die than have to go back and tell all those people <laughs> that know my story that I didn't summon. So, so that's, that's another thing I, I tell people, you know, leverage your credibility, leverage your reputation by putting it out there because you're only going to let yourself get away with falling on your face. It's okay to try it and fail, mm -hmm. but it's, it's not okay not to try it. Oh, right. Yeah. So I, I love leveraging that, that reputation. <laughs> I um, love that. By putting it out <laughs> there, putting it out. People there. will call it out. <laughs> and <laughs> And Britta, how can our audience get in touch with you if they want to work with you? Sure. Easiest way is uh, I'm, I'm very, very active on LinkedIn, uh, Berta Medina Garcia on LinkedIn, or you can go to bertamedina.com. Uh, that's my website and it'll take you everywhere you need to go from there. Awesome. Thanks well, thank you again, Bert. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Alyssa. <laughs> I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. Yeah, and you Great and being here. I appreciate your invitation. No, of course. And, and to our audience, if you have any questions that you want to be answered on a future episode, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn at Alyssa Carpenter. Until next time. Thanks again for listening. But did you know that you can leave me a voice message to answer any questions on an upcoming episode? Just go into the show notes and the link will be there at the bottom for you to send me that message. Have a great day.